0: Cornell University's song, and it's appropriate on this Thursday. Cornell, by the way, opening up a new big chapter. In fact, the university's president calling it, these are her words, more than just a continuation, it's a transformation. Let's hear more. Martha Pollock is with us, president of Cornell University. Of course, typically, normally upstate. Yes. (laughs) But in our Bloomberg 1130 studio. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. We were lucky enough, um, a big collaboration between Cornell and New York City, uh, ribbon-cutting just a few weeks ago, I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> on the 13th. Tell us a little bit about um, the importance of doing Cornell Tech here in New York
1: City. Well, I think Cornell Tech, I, I really did mean it. I think it is transformational. I think it's going to be transformational for Cornell, but I also think it's going to be transformational for New York City. And I think it's going to be transformational for higher education. Uh, let me start with New York City. You know, this is a, a campus that is designed to interact with the business community and to bring the kind of excitement that one sees in Silicon Valley and places like that around digital technology to New York. And it's doing that. Uh, We've we've been operating out of uh, temporary quarters for about four years, and already we have graduates who've created 38 startups bringing in more than $31 million in funding and and employing 200 people, 94% of them in the city. So I I have no doubt but that this is going to be transformational for New York City over time.
0: What I also find in this environment today, that there needs to be much more collaboration and partnerships between the private-public sectors. Mm -hmm. I mean This is what needs to do to, I think, advance municipalities and so on, and also help universities.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And so of the three buildings that we currently have on our new campus, one of them is called The Bridge. Yeah. And it is exactly that. It's a bridge between academia and industry. There are high-tech companies there, and then there's space where our master's students spin out new ideas and interact with the folks who are working in those companies. Did you
0: guys even hesitate about the collaboration?
1: No. We didn't hesitate. And that's why I think it's partly transformational for higher education. Mm-hmm. What we've been able to model is a new way of doing graduate education, a new innovation that says we're going to partner hand in glove with industry and, and work together with them.
0: We're talking with a, uh, Cornell University President Martha Pollack. Martha, you know what's also interesting is I, I feel like I, I'm hearing increasingly from universities and colleges um, and academia that the old model of education is maybe going to have to change, that you might have people come in and maybe study for a year, maybe two years, then go out in the real world, do something, come back for six months, uh, that it's going to be a little bit more fluid. How do you see it? Well, I don't know that it's entirely gone. I think we're still
1: going to have students who get out of high school at 17 and who want to have that traditional experience. And mm-hmm. I think there is a lot to be said for the residential experience. You know, even while we expanded to New York, which is fabulously important, there is a magic to Ithaca. There is a magic to a community of scholars right. and students getting that experience. But what I think you're talking about can complement what we're doing. We have to be open to doing new
0: ways, new things in new ways in addition to the old ways, not
1: just replacing them.
0: What do you think about that community of scholars and welcoming all different perspectives, all points of view? Yeah. I feel like when I went to college, you know, we didn't always agree with a speaker who came on campus, but it was a way of saying, okay, here's another perspective, here's yeah. another point of view. We've really started to push back on that and I think that's a detriment to our students. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, look, I think issues of of diversity are hugely important on campus and I also think issues of free speech are hugely important on campus and I think they go hand in hand. We have to stand up for free speech. We have to have places where all voices can be heard but at the same time we need to have a much more welcoming and inclusive community. There Do students
0: just... want that though? I'm curious about the kind
1: of feedback you get from well, them. Well you know it's really interesting. Um, I think there is a different perspective among students about, about free speech mm-hmm. and the, to the extent to which we should be committed to it. But I don't think it comes out of this, uh, what we often hear of there being uh, snowflakes. I think it comes out of there having a really deep sense of social justice and a recognition that often these voices target certain communities more than others. And so I mm. think we need to find a way both to respect free speech. I'm a, I'm a very, very strong supporter of free speech. Right. But also ensure that these other communities get their voice and aren't
0: always marginalized. Interesting. Um, I want to go back to Cornell Tech for a moment because I'm thinking about STEM and we talk mm-hmm. about it a lot. Um, are you finding women yes. more interested and in staying with it?
1: Yeah, we are. You know, I am i don't know if you know this, but I, by training, I'm a computer scientist. I was a computer science professor, um, and and I often tell this story. Um, when I got to the University of Michigan, my, pr- my previous uh, university, uh, there were more faculty members named Igor than there were women faculty in computer science. Mm-hmm. Uh, the situation has changed. The freshman class at Michigan today is 51% women. So I think it's taken a lot of hard work. I think it's taken a lot of showing what the careers really are right. and how they are co- careers in which you can interact with people and have a difference. But I think we are starting to see a change. But it's a slow change.
0: It is a slow change, right? Because we still talk about all these tech companies and so on yes. and so forth where women are not represented That's as right. much.
1: That's right. That's right. No, it's it's going to take a lot of time and a lot of work. Uh, just I think as is the case with underrepresented minorities. But we can't slow down. We have to just keep working at it. That's really the only thing I know to do.
0: Alright, one thing. I love this conversation. <laughs> one thing though, I have to pull out my soapbox. I um, <laughs> Um, and I'm not going to throw out the numbers, but school has got so expensive, and I don't have to tell you about. And it's not just your school; it's lots of schools uh, outpacing the growth in terms of you know overall inflation. Um, does it really have to do that? Well, l-
1: let me let me let me address that question you know face on. It is true that college costs are an issue around the nation and need to be, mm-hmm. and they are expensive. Um, but I do think you have to look at what's actually happening on the ground. So at Cornell, we have been investing very heavily in financial aid. And in fact, today, it costs less for a student with need in inflation-adjusted dollars than it did 20 years ago. We're taking 30 cents on the dollar and putting it into tuition. Now, do we need to keep cutting costs? Absolutely. Do we need to find new ways to cut costs? It's really hard. It's not like agriculture and
0: manufacturing. We what's so expensive, though? Beyond- labor, labor, labor. You're, you're talking about uh, teachers and so on and so yeah. Yeah,
1: I'm talking about the fact that it still takes one professor in front of 30 students. We haven't been able to find a way to, to replace that with technology. So in some sectors of the economy, like mm-hmm. agriculture and manufacturing, we've been able to drive down costs. So we should tell our kids to be teachers because they're getting paid well? <laughs> no, what I'm <laughs> saying is, is that they're not being replaced by uh, robots. Okay. They're not being replaced by, you know, one person and a thousand students in the classroom.
0: Um, great conversation. Thank, Thank you, you so much. And I wish you well with Cornell Thanks facts. very much. Pleasure to talk with you. Same here. Bye, bye. She is president of Cornell University, based uh, obviously in Ithaca, but in our Bloomberg 11:30 studio right here in New York City. You are listening to Bloomberg Radio.